Hi, and welcome back to Royan Rescue. Now, this episode is going to actually, I'm going to be talking in this video blog about the reasons why people will not get involved when there's a need to rescue. Um, now, there's a good five reasons, but we're going to really focus on the four because the four we can actually take out. Um, we can make them go away, in other words. The fifth fear is unsafe scene. That is actually the reason why we don't get involved. Um, if I think I'm in an icy road and my car is going to slide off or a car is going to slide into me, into my family as I pull over to try to give a hand, I'm not stopping there. I'm calling 911. We're going to get them involved. They're going to come in and actually secure the scene, block off the road, and then make a safe environment so that rescue can take place. Um, it is the rule of thumb that if there's an unsafe scene, rescuers do not go in because they become dead or injured themselves and are of no help to the victim. But the four fears, the fear of liability, lawsuit, the fear of disease, I'm going to catch something from this person if I do mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation or touch them with my hands, the fear of I don't know what to do. I can't remember the numbers. Was it two breaths, 30 compressions for five cycles? Was it one breath every five compressions for 20 cycles? No, 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 that was before 2005. They're confused. They're not sure what to do. Um, that's another big fear. And therefore, if I don't know what to do, I might do it incorrectly, which leads us to the fourth fear, and that is I might actually make this person worse rather than better. Well, I'm going to take out those four fears and explain why it's okay to rescue. Number one, lawsuit. Since about 1985, most states began adopting something called the Good Samaritan Law. And that Good Samaritan Law has really protected volunteer rescuers who try to get involved to help people without suffering the consequences of a lawsuit just because the person was injured or because the condition got worse after helping them. Uh, and to this date, most of the, the states still participate in the Good Samaritan Law and no one has gotten sued and lost because of the Good Samaritan Law. Check your local law, see how strong it is, see what the guidelines are for it, and follow those, those rules. So Good Samaritan Law protects us from lawsuits, so you shouldn't have to worry about it. Even if you're a professional rescuer or a professional medical professional, professional medical professional, um, it should still protect you when you're volunteering your services, as long as you don't go above and beyond the normal protocol for helping outside of a hospital setting. All right, so number two, I might get a disease. There's three ingredients to getting sick. The disease itself, the bug, the pathogen, a route of infection, and a susceptible host. If you remove any one of these three ingredients, you cannot get sick. It's impossible. So because we can't always get rid of the pathogen, out of the blood, it's going to be, have to be there. Because we can't get everybody uh, immunized against every blood-borne pathogen, HIV doesn't have an immunization, hepatitis C does not have an immunization, we can't guarantee immunization So there are, or the lack of susceptibility. So therefore, we only have one controllable aspect, and that is the route of infection. Eyes, nose, mouth, injection into the skin, absorption into broken skin, but we can put on gloves and we can use a CPR shield with a one-way barrier. And I always suggest to have it with you when the incident happens. To do that, you probably have to have it in a very convenient place. Glove box, okay, if you're in the car. Um, first aid kit, okay, if you got a first aid kit available. I like to put a key ring pouch on my keys 
and I don't think I have it here with me today, but um, it's, a, it's a little key ring packet. Uh, if you're interested in getting one, get in contact with me. You can go out to the ProCPR.org website to our store. They're there. And you can buy them from a lot of different places. They're all over the place. Just go to any first aid supply store. You usually will find the key ring pouch that goes on your key rings. It should have at least one pair of gloves in it, and it should have a one-way valve barrier for CPR for delivering the rescue breaths. So get the personal protective equipment, and you don't have to worry about disease anymore. Plus, you're on the way to a nice place, church, wedding, whatever, date, and you got to pump gas. Hey, you've always got gloves to use to pump gas. So that's a little perk on the side. All right, so now we come to the two biggies. I don't know what I'm doing. Even if I went through a class, I can't remember the numbers anymore. And two, if I don't do it right, I might hurt them or make it worse. So you got to realize, out of 300,000 cardiac arrests a year that people die from, only 1 out of 10 people, or 10 out of 100, will actually get involved to the point of helping. That's because of these fears. I believe that with my whole heart, that they have, they have these fears that are stopping them. And the two big ones are, I don't know what to do exactly, and I'm afraid if I don't do it exactly right, I'm going to hurt or kill the patient. So, let's get rid of these quickly. Number one, um, I understand numbers can be confusing, but numbers are not required to do effective CPR. In fact, we just had an update that came out last summer called Hands-Only CPR. It's now being endorsed by the American Heart Association as a proper practice for cardiac arrests that happen outside of a hospital setting. Uh, you actually see the person collapse. You call 911, get EMS on the way, emergency medical services on the way, and we start by doing an assessment. Is the person awake? No. Are they moving? No. Are they breathing? No. In that case, after you've called 911, you simply begin doing chest compressions at about a, a two to two and a half inches deep, and you do them fast and hard. Their tempo is supposed to be uh, about over a hundred a, a minute, so that's more than one a second. So that's clipping along pretty well. Um, they even put in that song by the Bee Gees, Staying Alive, because it has this kind of this beat, and that's the tempo that you'd want to do compressions. If you do chest compressions like that without any rescue breathing at all, which is what it's at saying, hands-only CPR does not require rescue breathing, um, that means you don't need a one-way valve mask. And if there's no bleeding on the chest, you don't need gloves. So you can do all of the things that are required to help buy this patient time until emergency medical services arrive and can intervene. So hands-only CPR is a great, great thing. And I suggest everybody go and take a look at it. We offer the training for free. Just go to ProCPR or ProFirstAid, go to the video training, and go to hands-only CPR. You can watch the whole video demonstration. Making the patient worse. You can't make a dead person deader, okay? There's two states of death. Clinical death, which is potentially temporary, and biological death, which is almost always, this side of a miracle, permanent. Our goal is to stop the permanency. So we're actually, by doing CPR, trying to keep them in a clinical death state. By teasing the brain cells, heart cells, lungs, liver, pancreas, kidneys, all of the vital organs, with a, a little bit of oxygen circulation to keep them revivable once they get to the hospital and we can get rid of the problem that caused them to go to cardiac arrest the first time. So, five fears, lawsuit, gone. We don't have to fear the lawsuit. L uh, um, disease, 
personal protective equipment. We don't have to fear that. Fear of, I don't know what to do. You don't have to fear that because you can't do it wrongly. If you just do chest compressions only, all the numbers are gone. You just do chest compressions and that's going to help save a life. And number one, hurting or killing the person. You can't do that to a dead person. They're already there. You can only make them better. So from Roy on Rescue, I'll talk to you next time.